Hey, this is Matthew fucking Justice, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today, take everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when we cross the streams. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a very special review of AIW's Gangsta Rap Made Me Do It. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Everlessness Fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email if you so choose desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we don't have a merch store anywhere. Like I said, this is a very special review of AIW's Gangsta Rap Made Me Do It. Now, why do I say special review? Well, it's because we are going to be crossing the streams. The bulk of this show is a simulcast, kind of, with IWTV Guide. We have Jared J. Hawk Hawkins, Jay Gold, and Marcy. Now, the reason why we're doing this, I was looking for someone to be on the show. I was going to ask Marcy since it is Pride Month, but I was approached by Charlie, good old Charlie Butters, asking if they could review the show on IWTV Guide. Now, I'm going to admit, and it might be a little selfish, but since I've been doing this for so long, I would prefer nobody else review AIW but me. Like, let me be the only one that covers that stuff. Unfortunately, over the past year, we haven't been the only ones because recently At Odds With Wrestling has reviewed a lot of AIW stuff. And I've kind of had an agreement with Charlie about that. I mean, if if you're going to review AIW, which is what I've told him, like, have it be an old show or give me a couple weeks or something. But since they really didn't have any other option and I was looking for some guests to be on for it, I figured two birds, one stone, or two podcast, one review. So the review can also be heard on IWTV Guide, but much like this show, there's going to be a different intro, and then they should have a different outro. Not 100% sure, but it's a way to kind of make everybody happy. And again, I'm, I'm sorry if it comes off a little selfish that, you know, I should be the only one covering AIW, but the bright side is, is I don't have too much more time left in me I have, I have a, it's, it's decent but eventually if IWTV guide is around when I finally bow out then at that point I won't care I don't know that's just 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 it's just how I am so let's go into the review with IWTV guide and we do a nice little mix of styles there's a little bit of the IWTV guide feel a little bit of the wrestling cheers feel 
and we'll be back right after the review. All right, back here on the podcasts, uh, like plural, because this is a, a special, very special crossover episode of Wrestling Cheers and IWTV Guide. We have myself. We have Jayhawk. Oh. We have Marcy. Hi, I'm the pretty one. And the one that's going to be there to debate that, uh, Jay Gold. Well, I'm flattered. Yes, not as pretty as Marcy, but yes, <laughs> good to be here. Back on the show that got me started. But but you're also on your show at the it's this is like a weird thing of like you're on your own show but you're not. It's a multiverse of madness of shows, <laughs> if you will. Got Doctor Strange got nothing on us. There is an alternate Josh somewhere that is that is arguing about in some sort of weird food podcast world while we're recording the wrestling podcast world. This is quite the multiverse. All right. Uh, AIW's Gangster Rap made me do it. We were all there. Well, kind of all there. I mean, we were there, but we're not all there type thing. Um, all of us were in the building. Yes. Physically. And, you know, we got to we gotta give a, uh, I want to give a shout out to Charlie, Charlie Butters. You guys like to call him home office, but um, I don't remember what match it was, but he took a floor bump in the middle. It was during the script. It was okay. But uh, yeah, his chair gave way. And uh, yeah, which that's got to fucking suck. Cause like, it's not like it was a normal chair. It's these like really shitty plastic chairs. We're like one step above of the all plastic yard chair, which is not big guy friendly at all. And like these, you're playing like Russian roulette with your ass. He's given his body to the business for the brand, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he told me their mission. The person who had the seat next to me didn't show up. If you want to come down and get front row, and I was even though I was on stage, I was behind like the tallest person in the fucking building. I'm like, yeah, I'll come down and get back to you, no problem. Like as soon as he sat down after an mission, he's like, the chair is going to break before the show's over. Sure enough. Well, Marcy and I hung out in the back for a lot of the in the GA section, even though I had a chair, but uh, we hung out in the GA section for a lot of those crazy second half matches that will go over. I think it was better off that we, uh, that we stayed out of our seats as that thing spilled, everything spilled into the crowd multiple times during the night. It's a, I gotta say, you know, having the giant God stomping boots while it absolutely killed my feet, definitely, uh, gave me a little bird's eye advantage of, uh, stuff. Although at the second half, I might have been a little too far gone at that point anyways, to like fully recognize what was going on. I was I was actually about to say because I heard that you had those boots on, so you kind of had this like nice little advantage of like, yeah, you got GA, but you can see over mostly everybody. So it kind of like you 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 paid the price to get the the view that you needed. Also for the brand, I suppose. <laughs> Mar- Marcy had the lifts like Homicide in TNA uh, in TNA days, where they made him wear the six inch lifts to make him look taller to stand next to Hernandez. You should have seen her trying to get into my car when I picked her up. That was an experience. <laughs> I was I, I, I was told. I had a hard time. Hopefully, I was still sober then too. Hopefully, Jared doesn't have any any more uh, issues backing out of a uh, parking spot. Yeah, we're not going to go over there. <laughs> That's why we carry insurance. Yeah, we won't we, we won't delve into it because right now it's just, it's very vague. But yeah, I was told that part too. I'm going to kill home office when I see him next. <laughs> <laughs> Jayhawk, you've been saying that for years. Yeah, that's fair. Because you got to remember, you guys used to record in the same room together. 
Yeah. <laughs> so the if that didn't kill him, nothing will. That that's probably a fair statement. <laughs> that's what a warrior home office is. He came off of a back injury and then the chair busted and he landed on his keister and he's still okay. Moving around at the end of the night like nothing happened. Going home and drinking a bowl of chili. That's what he does. <laughs> Wendy forgetting the fucking food. Like, how do you do that? When it comes to fast food. Uh, the, at this point of fast food, the luck I've had the last couple months or so, nothing for prying me. I mean, like, the, the amount of things that I have gotten missing, like straws. It's like, wait, how did you... You hand me the cup. You got to give me the straw too. Like I, I know it's because normally like they throw it in the bag, and by the time I get home and check everything, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, I've I've had like when they when stuff gets forgotten, I'm like, yeah, kind of figured that. Oh well, time to move on. Got to keep like a a, a side uh, stash of of fast food items, you know, accompaniments, so that in case they miss it, you already have it. Luckily for the home stuff, like even if they miss straws, like I have like reusable plastic straws that, you know, for certain cups that like fit perfectly to where it's like, well, at least, at least I have this. But if, you know, if I was definitely out, out and about like that, that shit sucks. Definitely. Like if they forget a straw for a, you know, a large Coke fine. But if they forget, forget your frosty or not any frost, cause they don't really have straws for that, but like a milkshake or something. It's like, uh, it's kind of harder to, to drink just straight out of the cup like this. They give you paper ones out here. It's awful absolutely awful they put a plastic lid on top of your cup with a paper straw the worst the fucking worst i hate it so much <laughs> the worst yeah i've heard big complaints about the paper straws if we ever got to that point i would just literally carry my own uh stainless steel straws with me like people do that it's it's super annoying also but yeah the the paper straws are, are the absolute worst and it's it's you get them in a bar too and just it turns your drink into like you're drinking your your notebook out of the out of the glass afterwards. It is gross. Yeah, not a fan. I think I've nope. had paper straws once, but it was a a thicker one. I can't remember what it was for, but it was a, it was a one off. But seeing how like I don't like popsicles just because of the wooden stick in them. Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of have the same thing with it because to me, when you get down to that part where it's just the popsicle and the stick, you're like kind of looking a tree, and I don't like that. Yeah, it's gross. Makes me gag. Makes I can't me eat the wooden straws. Makes my skin crawl. Yep. All right. So we got gangster rat made me do it. Any any guys spend any money or uh, do any meet and greets? Because this is actually the one AIW show in a while that I didn't spend a single dime while I was there. Well, did you did you look in the back? I mean, I, I when I got in there, I looked in the back and Shane Douglas was kind of chilling by himself. Bandito was back there selling merch. Um, but, you know, I really wanted there was a print that Derek had from his match with Matt uh, Cross. And I just forgot to get my hands on it. I might have to have him mail it to me, but um, that was the one item I wanted. I just never got around to grabbing it. What about you, Jayhawk? No, I actually did not spend any money this time around either. I had no disrespect to Bandito or Jack Evans. I enjoyed watching them work, but like their meet and greet just weren't getting my world on fire. Yeah, I probably would have done the Kevin Coleman meet and greet, even though I yep. cauliflower alley before. To be like, I'm a big Kevin Sullivan fan, and I wanted to talk baseball with him for a little bit. But he canceled. That kind of like killed me. Any chance of me spending any additional money? I said, I'm, "Oh, I'm just gonna throw out." I said that if I had a WCW original San Francisco toy maker uh, figure of his, I would have done the meet and greet. But in between of me not having and him and not being there, like obviously I, I didn't do it. So if he, if he comes back and I buy a figure, I'll contemplate it. But knowing the money I was spending at Toy Hio 
or planning to spend at Toy Hio and the Johnny Gargano meet and greet, I was like, nah, like there's just on top of really there'd be nothing else for me. Marcy, how how much did you spend outside of alcohol? On on merch, nothing because I'm a broke bitch and what <laughs> little money I had, I put to the drinks. Yeah. Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, listen, I agree with you. I drank a lot that night in the Odeon. I was glad it moved over to Dive Bar because Odeon is ridiculously expensive with drinks, but um, still still a good night and and fun to, instead of using that money on Kevin Sullivan to get some uh, uh, Lipton or whatever those are, the uh, hard iced teas that were quite delicious in the, in the big cans. I would figure the Odeon's prices are definitely like, yeah, you're here for a show. You can't go anywhere else, so uh, pay up. It's like uh, the amusement park prices for things like beer and all that kind of stuff like it's, i mean it's been a while since i've been to one but i always know like they were like way higher oh yeah three dollars for a bottle of water at the odeon it's crazy i wonder they're, what a bottle of water there's a dollar for the cup of ice water but they weren't actually doing it no i i was halfway tempted to try the free sample marcy did you try the free sample i did i don't know what they were but they were good <laughs> yeah i tried it it wasn't bad i was told later that there was in fact alcohol in them <laughs> They were hard. They were hard seltzers, Marcy. That was the whole point. I had like four or five of them. That a girl. Because priorities. <laughs> well, at one point, the poor lady just wanted to get out of there. So she was just telling people, take as many as you wanted. <laughs> and, and you said, say no more. <laughs> I got you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have grabbed one. I, I kind of like looked at them, but I don't know. I mean, it went from the beginning. They were giving out just little cups. And then they switched to the cans to get the cans out of the uh, the ice chest. So if you were waiting around and you waited for them to to kind of give up on the on the cups because everybody was slamming those cups and then they wanted to go, uh, you could have grabbed a big can because there were a few going around with them. Oh, like that's the steal. Get the yeah. fucking free full can. That's right. I hope they do this every time they come back <laughs> to the Odeon. Or maybe every Odeon show, there's like a different sample. It's like not the same one. It's like, oh, let's try this one now. I like it. I thought it was a good idea. I didn't, I, you know, that's kind of forward thinking for them to get, you know, kind of like a drink special, almost at like how they do it at the liquor stores or something like that. I thought it was a very good idea. The best type of alcohol is free alcohol. So. Correct. Yeah. Then there's J-Lit. You, you coming back for that, uh, J-Gold? I am working on which one. Um, I, my company is trying to send me out to Cleveland for a career fair, and I'm trying to link it up with that Winchester <laughs> show. So We'll see that, and then I, I will either be back in August again or September. So I'm trying to link it to a show week. I just have to figure out which one it's going to be. If possible. I, I would say, like, yeah, do jail it. Yeah, then I don't have to pay for any expenses except for the ticket. If I can get out there, it'll be on the company. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what the calendar brings and how I can finagle you know, the dates. Because that adds a whole new just layer of things in, in AIW of – the fun that is Jayla weekend and the fact that we have not had Jayla weekend since 2019. And, I'm, and there's a lot of shows, right? Three, four, three shows, but still it's like the, the two day atmosphere of, of shows to where you have, you know, so many people on night one and then you have part of them advance, but then you have all these other matches on night two. Uh, sometimes there are people that are only scheduled for night two. Like that's how the one year we got Samoa Joe, it's the only one I can think of off the top of my head, but I know that there's other ones, but we Spirit even, Squad. We we even have oh yeah, yeah, Spirit Squad, I forgot about them. They were the Chandler Biggins Memorial Tag Team Tournament. Right. But, but we're going back to fresh meat this year, but still like three shows. 
two days. My favorite year will be the year that they uh, filmed Powerbomb before day two, everything for day two. And if you wanted to show up and be an extra, you could. So I spent like, I don't know how many hours at Mount Carmel. Like, I think I got, I had to get in there right around eight o'clock in the morning, maybe. And I was there till 10 or 11. That's pretty fun. Oh, fucking crazy ass day. But anyway, that's how we, we, we spent our money. Most of us didn't spend anything. Marcy bought alcohol. I think that's kind of what I uh, figured out. Uh, do we want to talk about the pre-show match that, that we get? I, this is one thing I like that they don't announce a pre-show match. It's random. Sometimes you get one, sometimes you don't. And when Steve Guy's yep. coming out like 15 minutes before show starts, it's like, oh, shit, we're getting a pre-show match. Good little match for, for what it was, too. I don't think it lasted very long. Might have been might have been five minutes. It wasn't long at all, but right I, I don't get I don't get it, Jayhawk. I don't get it. What don't you get? The Bushka guy. I don't get why he's wrestling with that thing on his head. I, I just don't get it. I, I literally, it was like every time, the, I've seen him three times now, and I have no idea what the point of the scarf on his head is. It The, the scarf is the babushka. And what does it do? Why is he wrestling with that cumbersome scarf on his head? It's like covering his ears. Like, it's like, do do I need to see him wear that thing on his head? Like, I'm, I'm just, if you call yourself the babushka baron or whatever it is, what's the point? Why is he doing that? Well, first you can uh, at I am Jeffrey John and ask him, but I'm I'm pretty sure because actually because I always thought babushka was uh, a Russian term, kind of like for grandma, I believe. But I found out like yeah. that and the scarf are both called babushka. So Correct. Uh, I think he I'm going to guess he does it to be different. <laughs> yeah, I get, yes. Fine. He does it different. Got it. But I, I would I just it. I, I wish there was more. I, I, I don't. It, I, it is what it is. <laughs> are you saying? Are you saying you want there to be lore for the babushka? Yes. Are you looking for the good babushka lore? <laughs> I'm looking for some lore. That's correct, Marcy. Lore. Kaplan wears a ski cap. Jeffrey John wears a babushka. I mean, I, Kaplan takes his ski cap off. People don't take masks off. I guess so. Now it's some sort of lucha thing. If he told me it was a lucha thing, I'd be okay with it. It's not necessarily a lucha thing. It's just like I said. If he didn't have that on, would you be talking about him? Besides, you know, us not. talking about this match. <laughs> You're right. I would not be. That is correct. It is It is a way for him to stand out. And frankly, well, he got, I, I hope he comes back. I hope we see more of him. I'm sure he will. Oh, he will. This was his second appearance. I'm sure he'll be back. I think the Babushka's neat. Yes. <laughs> it literally makes no difference to me one way or another. Oh. I mean, for two, the thing that I, I like about him, uh, also we're, we're completely glaring over the fact of the match of Jeffrey John versus Riley Rose. We haven't even mentioned Riley Rose, but with Jeffrey John, I like watching wrestlers travel a little bit, like make it into a new territory. And that's the way I'm looking at it with this, a guy who, if I'm correct, wrestles out of Columbus. We don't see a lot of Columbus wrestlers come up. So him coming up, getting a second opportunity is great. Now we we kind of fucked up because we didn't have the please come back chant like Bishop wanted last time. So uh, I think I yeah, think I think he will be back though. And if I may, Justin, you and me and and Butters during the um, during the time of Go for Broke, Riley Rose was on our list there. The uh, the ever popular Riley Rose who wrestled a lot of enhancement matches, if you will, during. Uh, during go for broke. So every time I see Riley Rose, I get very excited that we get to see him kind of from his very beginnings. Yeah. I wrestled on those first two episodes back to back. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. 
which I think he was the he had to be the first person to do two matches. I think you did bring it up too when we were doing it. He was on two straight weeks. We saw a bunch of Riley Rose. Then he was kind of off for several weeks, and he was back at the end. But yeah, I think that was the start of his his career as well. So I think you know the the amount of times we mentioned his name during that April that first April month of Go for Broke is kind of our our thing. We got him on the map there. Uh, any other thoughts on this match? I don't think I think what it needed to be to open uh, to open up a show and yeah you know, check the cam check the camera get the crowd into interested and. In, yeah, in the show, you ready? Tell everybody, hey, get ready to get your feet. Good little match for what it was. Like I don't didn't put a watch on it, but it couldn't have been more than about five minutes. Just nice, short, to the point. Just going by my tweets. Yep, uh, it would be roughly about that much. I sent out the beginning of the match tweet at seven fifteen and end of the match at seven twenty one. So five is roughly in the ballpark. And I'm sorry, Jay Gold, I didn't put a running clock on everything. I actually left my notebook at home that I would have kept that information in and kind of not to bother with it. And I haven't had a chance to even rewatch the show yet. No. I, I forgive you. It was, a, it was a special night. We were all together. So I forgive you for not keeping track and timing on all those matches. It's probably for the best I didn't keep notes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I would love for you or Ed to like keep notes throughout a show, but like have them be like so natural. To see like how off they go by the end of the show with how drunk you get. I could, I could probably make that happen sometimes. <laughs> I mean, my handwriting hard enough for me to read anyway. I can't imagine trying to take notes on this shit when I'm drunk. I'll type it out. That's just, there's going to be a lot of typos, which will make it even better. I wasn't even thinking of that aspect. I was thinking like just the, the notes themselves, the ideas that come down are so different from the beginning match or from the first match to the last match, just like how they'll go off. But if you add handwriting and if you're typing them out, uh, typos like that would be hilarious. All right. Uh, it was Riley Rose pinning Jeffrey John for the win. Let's go. Is that enough? I think that Babushka was holding his head on his neck because Isaiah Brona ripped it off the last time they wrestled. Let's get into the first official match of the evening. Katie Arquette versus Jocelyn Navarro, and Jocelyn doesn't waste any time. <laughs> she tries to go for the kill immediately by coming out through the crowd while Katie's back was turned and putting a grocery bag over her head. Going in for the kill, literally. Terry Funk would be so proud of coming to Yugen that spot in 2022. Yeah, that was uh, that was very interesting. But these these two women went at it. And um, I think the thing with this whole feud is Katie Arquette making a name for herself in AIW and going through Jocelyn to do it and somewhat trying to prove that she belongs here. She's not just someone who's going to be in and out like, no, she's she's AIW, too. I, I couldn't agree more. I thought this was a, a showcase for both of these women. And, I, and, and Jocelyn, if you ask me, is the is the the top of the mountain as far as women's wrestling in AIW. You want to go, you want to make something of yourself. You better get through Jocelyn. Um, she has expanded her career to where she's in demand. There are people who want to see her. There are people in other States who want to see her. I think she's badass. And then Katie Arquette is really, I mean, this was a, a coming out for her. She, this series of matches between the, the two of them has been stuff that I, I want to see when they're on the card. I look forward to it. 
I like Katie Arquette. I think she's going to be great um, as far as what, what she's doing. And, and, you know, she's, she, I, she's diminutive, just like Jocelyn. They're both small, but when you see them in the ring, they, they, they are really powerful. And, and it was a good showcase for the both of them. Thoughts on the match, Marcy? Agreed. Yeah. Now, like this was very much, I was, I missed the first match at, um, in Akron, but I was there for the Winchester match and then this one. And yeah, just watching everything build up and how like this was like a huge breakout match for Arquette. Like she's even from just that first match rewatching it, she's like improved so much in this, this series. Uh, but yeah, love this match. It was a great, like it's a great, this is a great way to start off the show. And can we talk about how it definitely started with this match, but it felt like kind of the theme throughout the night where the crowd was split on a lot of matches to where you were, he- you were hearing a lot of people root for Katie. I don't know, that, that's a testament to how much she's improved and how good she's looked and what little we've seen of her so far. I mean, re- re- realistically, I mean, she had what, maybe one other match because the Jocelyn match and so far two top and she making that big an impact that quickly. That like a lot about Katie Arquette and how good she got. And it takes a lot about Jocelyn, how good she gotten as well. And I, I, I agree with you, I think, but I also think Summers is onto something here. The, the night itself, I think lends to who's more extreme or who's willing to go further. And the fans were willing to embrace whoever was willing to do that. So you had uh, Jocelyn running in with the plastic bag. Then you had them spill out onto the floor. You had them go all over the place and Katie showing her toughness. So people were applauding the, the aggression, I think, on the night, so to speak. You know, they, they weren't just – I think everyone had their favorites, but they were applauding what everyone was putting their bodies through. I was kind of looking at it as just how diverse the crowd can be of Jocelyn being more of an AIW wrestler than Katie. You'd figure – she didn't have Katie wouldn't have much of a fan base, but granted, it's not like Katie came from cross country. She came from the next state over. So definitely a lot of those fans can trickle in, but it wasn't even just this match. I don't know which match off the top of my head, but I know there was another one that uh, while watching it, me and Charlie were kind of like, that's kind of weird that there's a section uh, vocal within the crowd, not just one section, but like throughout that are for someone that you wouldn't think they were for. Yeah. I think, I think in general, a lot of the talent in, in AIW draws, they, they all have their own draws and it's kind of cool to hear people uh, coming in to watch their favorites as opposed to just cheering on the same, you know, same, you know, side of the card over and over again. So I think that was, that, that's definitely an interesting feel of the night. You definitely have your wrestlers that are not well liked across the board, We'll get to that shortly, but mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, it does feel like uh, there's a little something for everybody. Absolutely. Well, think about all the think about all that time that we couldn't figure out how anybody besides yeah uh, Barkley Nation we couldn't cheer for Wet Barkley, and now pretty much everybody loved the dude. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like even what I've said before with that. Like we, ha- you have the most popular team right now in AIW, one of the most because I think the tag team division is pretty hot ac- all across the board. But how crazy people can go for Rip City when you go back to when they both debuted, they were hated by the crowd, especially Barkley. And how oh, we, yeah. how that, that story arc that went last year of Boo Bishop, yay PME to we kinda like Bishop. PME's okay, but you know, we we like Bishop and now it's like, yeah, fuck PME. 
Well, I think that also something like PME, I think it, it was, it was uh, inevitable that they were going to get to a point where people were going to, you can only be white meat baby faces for so long before people are just like that. You can feel the tide turning and you're going to either lean into the, uh, to the heel turn or you're not. And I think PME did that, but I also think there came a point where you can't deny you want to cheer for Wes and his, and his ascension. So, you know, there, there, there's that level of, of acceptance now in the AIW fans where they're like, I have watched this guy from ground zero. I have booed him when they wanted me to, but you know what? I just can't do it anymore. I love this dude. This dude is just exactly what I've wanted to see. So I think that's, what's kind of cool about, about what this show is like, because you saw a lot of guys who were getting that they're where they want to be now in their career and, and fans were rewarding them for it. Any other thoughts on this match? Nope. All right, let's move on to the next one. Had a nice four-way match. Filthy Tom Lawler versus Jackson Stone versus Big Twan Tucker versus Kaplan. Yeah, Kaplan is my eight-year-old son's favorite AIW wrestler so far. The one show, one whole show I've taken him to. Uh, Kaplan comes out with a fucking leaf blower. And a tiki torch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These were gigantic men beating each other up. Like, it, I honestly worried for the safety of the people around the ring, and I worried for the the safety of the students who had to hold up those barricades and make sure that basically the ring didn't move from one side of the room to the other. Those those dudes were massive. There were some bombs thrown during that match. I felt like there was a lot throughout this night where you basically had to get the fuck out of the way, <laughs> and that, yeah, sure. that's putting it nicely. A show like that, that's pretty much the point. If you're in that crowd, just yeah, you pay, you may have paid for a chair, but don't expect to get in it all night. Like, you're ready to move. Yeah, Charlie. And if, and if you wore boots <laughs> that were, that had six inch heels, you probably should have worn sneakers that night. <laughs> that's fine. That was good. I, I had the word, despite my haziness, I had the whereabouts to like stick and move when I had to. I will say this for where I was sitting, like by the ring and the ramp, because there's not a lot of room. Wrestlers didn't go my direction. So I can't, that's another reason why I like that spot. The other reason is I've learned to take really good pictures there by when the uh, wrestlers are coming out for their entrance. I record a video and I just take the pictures of the video. Oh, they come out fucking beautiful. Yeah. You got that spot over there where you don't have to worry because there's no place to, uh, there's really, if they, if they tumble into that section, they're going straight down on top of you. And I think they're, they're avoiding that like alcove where you guys are sitting over there, mm -hmm. but it's a good spot for, for almost everything for introductions. It's a good spot for, for coming out of the, out of the curtain. So yeah, you, you managed to find that niche right there. And I might've told Pedro to always put me there, but that match, you probably were the safest out of everyone in the crowd. Cause I think those barricades were flying, like they were moving around and, and Kaplan with the leaf blower. I really thought he was going <laughs> to plug it in at one point. <laughs> I think if I he was hoping outlet, <laughs> I think if he could have found an outlet close enough to the ring, he would have. I just I just envisioned them spilling like close to like where the, the soundboard was and everything, and all you just hear is and Kaplan is blowing guys around and there you see Tuan like kind of rolling on his back. But those dudes, everybody in that match, I mean Tom Lawler might have been the smallest in the match, but he's they, they were all huge guys. It was just so much weight just being tossed around in that match. Kaplan, you hear that? 
Save that note for WrestleRager and do it. Bring a gas gas powered leaf blower for the next one. Then you can turn it on. <laughs> then light someone on fire with the gasoline that's left. <laughs> I also want to say I appreciate that Kathleen Aft later in the show is just walking around giving out samples of beef jerky, trying to sell some beef jerky. Fuck yeah. Much appreciated. If he I sold it all. Cash, if I had cash on me, I would have absolutely bought one. You should have asked me. We would have shared. I would have bought it. We could have shared beef jerky. We're just standing there. You and I, uh, am I watching from the back? I would have bought you beef jerky. Oh, shucks. We'll know for next time then. Next time, definitely. Kaplan's gimmick table is going to turn into uh, what Candice LeRae did of like bringing cupcakes. He's just going to like probably start bringing jerky and selling it. I think that'd be great. Beef jerky and garage utilities. I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> Kaplan branded garage utilities. <laughs> or, or his merch table is just it's all snacks. <laughs> there, there is a trucking company in Cleveland called Kaplan Trucking. See, now we're onto something. That's been a joke. Not joke, but like joke because it's it is a real company. But like I would all anytime I'd find their trucks, I would take a picture and send it to him because I I want to buy like one of his one of their shirts and give it to him. I by the way, I am obsessed with that shirt that he wears, the one that was the uh, um, the Grand Theft Auto change up. But I would like it if it was in a lighter color. But I haven't been able to get one from him. So I'm, next time I next time I speak with him, maybe I'll DM him privately and see if I can buy one you know, through PayPal or something, but I, I really want one of those. I think that's a great design. Oh, I've got one of those. I love that shirt. Yeah. I, I said this to butters during, during this match, maybe even towards the beginning. I wonder if Kaplan's smart enough to come out with Kaplan, uh, beanies in the probably doing it, start it in the fall and sell those. I, that's a great idea. If he just puts Kaplan on the front, I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, he hundred percent should. Maybe in that color that he was that almost in that wash that they did for the gauntlet for the gold poster, that kind of goldish yellow. That would be very cool if they put it on a black beanie. So Kaplan, if you do it, my only price is one free one. That's it. Keep all the money for yourself. I just want one. For the idea. Yes. The intellectual property. <laughs> Cause that I I I just think that would go so well. Like he already wears one and uh, I can't exactly tell what it is, but it's some company. It's like, dude, throw your logo on there. Sell them. Absolutely. Cigars sold separately. Wow, that'd be so cool. <laughs> any, any more on this match? I mean, the, I mean, a lot with this show as a whole was just pandemonium. But uh, seeing these four guys in the ring together, especially you know, Big Twan, kind of coming back, like it, it felt special. I mean, kudos to Tom Lawler taking the finish on the, from Kaplan. I mean, oh, that's a big a, win. That was such a that was like such a beautiful split legged moonsault from Kaplan too. Like, oh, that's such a thing of beauty. He's I, getting I, more confident in it. Yeah, I will. Okay, I'm not surprised Kaplan won the match. I'm surprised he pinned Tom Lawler, especially with mm-hmm. Lawler to go to the G1. Like, I figured Lawler could be the one guy in this match I was not going to take a pin. You know, that's why I love Tom Lawler. He he understands the, the he understands everything that needs to be done in the business. He's, he's just a smart guy. And, you know, it gives Kaplan a really good shot of momentum for his, I'm sure we'll talk about it next, but his announcement going into absolution. So it's a, it was a great, it's a, it's a great win for Kaplan. Full marks for him. It wouldn't have meant as much if he like pinned Juan, I think. I think it meant more that he pinned uh, uh, Lawler. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense booking wise. Like booking wise. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense booking wise. I was just shocked that that's the way they went with it. Yeah. 
well, t- technically with the wrestling cheers format, we haven't gotten to the part officially of where Kaplan pins filthy Tom Lawler. But if you didn't know that by now, I don't know what to tell you. So yes, that happened. And I was, I was surprised too, that filthy Tom Lawler took the pin because let's face it, that doesn't happen to filthy Tom and AIW. He hardly loses matches. So for Kaplan, not only to beat filthy Tom in a match, but actually pin him that, uh, that surprised the fuck out of me. I believe on commentary. Cause I did rewatch it. Uh, I think they said he won his last nine singles matches. Oh, wow. Huh. Well, after the match, Kaplan, uh, put a challenge out for absolution 15. He wanted their legacy. Tim fucking Donst, which yeah. I, as it was pointed out on Twitter, every time that I make a comment that he hasn't wrestled in a while, he comes back like a cockroach. I mean, I, I, I'm not that excited. I love Tim Donst. I, I would have liked to have seen something more relevant to to Kaplan, maybe calling out. I, well, we'll deal with that later. But calling out Broner, if I was going to have him call somebody out or calling out somebody else in that in that realm. Um, but, you know, I think this that's going to be you want to see if. If we thought it was crazy when Kaplan got hit by a U-Haul, I think if he wrestles Dons, we're going to see something even more outrageous. So that's going to be great. Um, but, I, I mean, reading Donst's tweets afterwards, I think he's he's been kind of laying low for a while. Uh far as what I understand, because I'd actually asked some people, he kind of, it seems like if he wrestles, it's in his home area. Like, he doesn't, he hasn't traveled far, even to the point of you think of, we only saw him twice last time or last year in AIW. First was Hello Cleveland, which he wasn't even originally booked for. He was a replacement for Sabu. And I've openly said many times, even though I don't I'm not a huge fan of uh Tim Donst, he made more sense in the not only the return show at the Odeon, but the first match of the night. I was much happier to see Dons versus Manders. Uh, and then we didn't see him again until the Ashtabula Geek Fest show. Uh, so we're almost to a year with without him. And here, here he is coming back. But I think it'll be a good match. I think it's really going to be a, a, a fun match. I, I think after tonight, this after this show, uh, um, Absolution's really starting to look one like like one hell of a show. So this was, you know, it seemed like people really popped big when, when Kaplan brought up Tim Dons. Tim Donst history in AIW, a lot of highs and lows, not even like counting like the cancer stuff, but it's like at one point he was like one of the most popular wrestlers in AIW. I was like the only one booing him fast, fast forward a year and the crowd started to become almost 50, 50. He has had so many different type of matches in AIW too. And I think he can have, that hardcore brawler style match coming I mean, this because this is you know, I mean this is a guy that feuded with Nick Gage. This is a guy that uh, I'd have to think some of the matches or whether he was in the big Nixon match or not. I think he was, but it, it makes sense because now Kaplan wants that. And there's another story here that I'm not necessarily going to touch on with it, but it does make me really excited to not only see Tim Donst back, but Donst versus Kaplan. Any thoughts on uh, Donst or the match, Marcy? I'm very excited. Like, as Steve said, it's going to be, it's going to probably be a wild brawl. I'm excited. Like, Absolution is shaping up to be quite the show. Not only a, a brawl, this is going to be a brawl at the Tadmore. 
<laughs> those, those strategies aren't going to hit them. <laughs> well, they're going to know it's Kaplan, but or Don's, but that, yeah, that that's pretty much it. We're going to loot. We're going to loot the building. It's fine. <laughs> Story of AIW. I mean, as as long as the hallways don't smell like cat piss, we're good. All right. Let, um. Um. What? <laughs> nothing. Just fine. Go on. Let's see. You not know, not know the cat piss story? I do not. There are uh, the St. John's Baptiste. Uh, one we AIW is there for two shows: Seven Year Itch and Gauntlet for the Gold. First time we were there, it was fine. Second time, there was a flooding, uh, like in the big foyer area. Smelled like a basement, but what we've often called it is cat piss. Oh no! Because that's kind of what it smelled like, but it just smelled horrible. Yeah, that 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 was that was not fun sitting in that lobby. And of course, those days that they opened the doors late too, we're all sitting in the lobby for to smell this shit while they're getting everything ready inside. Mm-hmm. And then I guess after that show, they wanted like more money or something, and AW's <laughs> like, "Ha fuck no." We 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 made your show worse, but we want more money. That's so we often call it the cat piss place. That's a fair assessment. All right, let's move on to the next one. Everybody's favorite wrestler, Casey Carrington, the fourth versus Dominic Garini, and like not to jump to the the finish so quick, but we kind of had to expect this, right? This is a show with no rules. And here is Dominic Greeny in a feud with Casey Carrington, who has some friends, Jackson Stone and Brian Carson. Of course, they were going to get involved. Of course, they were going to help Casey get the win. So, so that's my that's my problem with this match because then, and this is this is a this is a huge this. I, I think I thought about it a, a little bit more afterwards, and I, the one thing that didn't sit right with me was okay. So it is a no rules match. You know, Dom had to fend, he knew he was going to have to fend off two or three guys. What was the point? So this is just my my dopey Mark fan nonsense in my head. What was the point of having the match then if those guys were just going to come out and beat up Dom anyway? Why not just have him come out in the beginning and just give him a beating? I know the fans want to see Dom get his comeuppance on, on Casey Carrington, which I'm hoping for absolution. He somehow locks him in a cage or something. Or Carson is locked, you know, somewhere away where in a closet where they can't get him out so he can't interfere. But if the match itself is in a, in a no rules atmosphere, what was the point of going, you know, doing the whole thing and then having Dom lose without any help? Nobody ran down to the ring to give him some help. So that was my, my uh, that just upset me because I wanted to see Dom. I thought this was where Dom was really going to make Carrington bleed all over the place and just beat the crap out of him. And that was that. And then I forgot that, you know, Carson and, and Jackson Stone are going to run out. So, that was my one issue. I thought this match out of all the other matches, it, it didn't lend itself to being a match because you're just letting Carrington's guys come out and beat up Dom. Okay, I, I do. I do agree with you. I wish somebody would have come out to cave Dom at least like after the match. If you, if Kiki had to go over to cut up bad collusion, that's fine. But like somebody should have come out to help Dom afterward to get something else up. If nothing else, I would take a point with that aspect of it. I mean, as far as why they didn't come out at the beginning of the match, Kiki Carrington Cahill is going to try to, Treat it like, oh, I'm going to take him on by myself. Oh, fuck you. I lied. It's all- Big ego. I, I was also thinking uh, to give Dom a false sense of security. Awkward true. Because even though they weren't out there, they were definitely watching. And they knew that they could come out whenever they wanted. So D- Dom is just concentrated on Casey Carrington. 
So whenever they thought was it was the right time, they could come out and pull the trigger, and that's what they did. Now, as far as anybody coming out afterwards, or whether you know we get a steel cage match or something for the next show, I was hoping a six man tag. If if they don't go steel cage, which I wasn't thinking about, but I do like that idea. But I was thinking six man tag to get all of them in the ring together. Even ooh, what about a six man cage match? You know what I thought this would have been the time for? And I know this is wishful thinking and it's not going to happen. Here's the time. Because AIW is on such a hot streak right now, Dom's getting beat up and bam, you know, uh, zombie kicks in and, and you know, Koo comes running out. And there's your there's your setup for either Absolution, Carrington and Stone versus Dom and Koo with Carson as the manager. Or at the next paper, you know, at the next show, I forgot what the next one is. Is it is the next one Absolution or is there a Winchester in between? Winchester, AIW3D. So there you go. There you could have like Dom and Koo versus, you know, Carrington and Carson, you know, at 3D. Um, but I, I'm just saying like you could, there were so many ways you could go with that to like assist Dom, you know, and make and, and put it over. But, uh, you know, that's, I'm, we're just gonna have to, I'm going to have to wait and see where the payoff goes with that, that feud. I want violence for is forever in AIW, but I'm never going to hold my breath. Right. I agree with you. Same. That's I was like about to say, just say the same thing. That's far as what I want. Like if Koo came out, would there be a pop? I think there would, there would be a part of the crowd that would like, I'd be right there at the entrance. I wouldn't fucking nuts, but (laughs) I'm going to keep to myself on that one. (laughs) You know, this, is a, this is a cross-promoted show. Are you doing your crushes here too? We don't. We, we don't. <laughs> I think it's just outright thirst at this point. <laughs> I was about to say, actually, you, you can't have a crush because he wasn't on the show. You you would have no. a crush if he was on the show. That like okay. I, that's what I was hoping. I was hoping. <laughs> um, but I think it would have. It'll make more sense if it does happen, where just Koo gets announced to be in a match. But for right now, like I said, I'm not holding my breath. I would love to see Violence is Forever versus Casey Carrington and maybe it's Jackson Stone or some six-man tag match. I would throw normally Filthy in there, but that can't happen. And the only other member of Team Filthy, which, oh, if he were to come back, Eric Stevens for a one-off, that'd be so great. But I'm not holding my breath on that one either. Uh, Cookie Dad seems to be very happy at home. With three kids. But you are thinking outside the box, though. Let's see. That's that's what I'm thinking. I, I would think that Dom needs some heavy hitters to just say, you know what, enough is enough. And then they come in and it's, you know, you get a one-off where they just come in and crack some skulls and, and move, do their thing. But, you know, that's, that's I think it's wishful thinking on our part at this point. Yeah, like I said, that's why I, I just won't hold my breath on it. Because yeah. I've been saying so many different ways for Violence is Forever to come into AIW. And it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of it for for this match. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Eric Taylor with the Duke versus Wes Barkley. And the Duke almost acted like he wanted to be in the match. He did. He was in gear. He hopped up on the apron. Referee telling him to get off the apron. He's like, no DQ. What the fuck are you going to do? I'm embellishing his language a little bit. He didn't say the gap word. He basically wanted to be two-on-one right from the top. And, you know, eventually it did happen. Didn't take very long, actually. No, very quickly. And, of course, your Wes Barkley's not going to have Josh Bishop come out, but Josh has got a, 
fucking pick your poison match later on in the night. You know, he can't come out there and help Wes probably as much as he'd want to. And the other member of Rip City is retired, I, I guess. But all of a sudden, Perfect Strangers hits. It's fucking Shane Douglas. It's been Shane Douglas once in EKW style Extreme Rules match, which, I mean, I don't think anyway, so he didn't have to pay it. I, I had to as one of my notes is, is there a difference between Compton rules and ECW rules? It didn't feel like it, did it? It felt like the same thing. I was actually stunned by how much movement Shane Douglas did as he went around outside, inside. He gave us a lot more than I thought he was going to give us. Also, before that even happened, things got dicey when they had that door set up and Duke was about to do that Duke driver because it started giving way before like even anything happened. <laughs> Yeah, he almost he fucked stepped, up. He, he stepped on it, and he was all of a sudden like four inches shorter. <laughs> that's that's the one time that they would need that reinforced door that wouldn't break. Is that like Japanese doors, like the Japanese tables? Well, there was that one show a couple of shows ago at the Odeon where that one door just did not break. I tried to break it like eight or ten times, and it just did not budge. Oh, yeah, that's what I was referring to, because actually, if, if I'm correct, that was the same door... Was it was it at the Odeon first or was it at the Winchester first? Because I know whatever door it was made two shows. I think it was the Odeon first, but don't quote me on that. They all blur together, so. After a while, yeah. It's the only thing I miss about COVID wrestling. They are months apart. Um, yeah, I can't can't remember. But anyway, uh, I, that's kind of what I was referring to. That that door that wouldn't break. That's that's the one he needed. And of course, he got a regular door that he just looked at it and broke. Or started a break. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem you get when you get the working door. They don't want to cooperate. They just they just sandbag you, and that's not that's not right. What you get for going to go? What you get for going to door car us for your wrestling door? All right, moving on. Uh, anything else with this match? Three three people laughed at that joke. Come on, but the three weren't in this room. So I know that. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like in your house. <laughs> Well, I, I'll tell you this. I am very impressed with Wes's um, ascension. And I like sitting with, this is the, the, the third time since I've been back after in COVID or after COVID that I've been sitting in the same section as the, uh, as the Wes, you know, Barkley Nation. And uh, they actually are, it's, it's really quite endearing to see how many people come out for him and how his family, you know, pulls for him. So um, it was, it, it's good. He got a nice rub there from, from Shane. And uh, uh, Wes is on his way up, no matter, you know, where he wants to be or where Thorne wants to book him, whether it be one day the intense, you know, division, one day the the heavyweight division. I mean, I think his his star can go into either one of those tag team as well. I mean, the guy is just he's becoming one of those indispensable members of the roster. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And Eric Taylor is, is the real deal. He is no offense to Mikey Montgomery, but and I'm not even comparing them to the Rockers because they're not. Eric Taylor is a completely different animal than Mikey at this point. Mikey is a, and I've said this before, Mikey is the creative. When, when you have the Bitcoin boys together, Mikey is the creative side. I've seen him do moves that I haven't seen anybody else do. I feel like Eric is more of the face, the, the ego, the, um, the presentation of the Bitcoin boys. And it's a really nice dichotomy. And I think they can both go off on their own doing different things. So no slack to Eric Taylor after this match. Um, but, um, I think Wes, you know, being Wes was the showcase for that one. So funny. You make that reference. Like I said, I, I actually did rewatch this show. Uh, 
on commentary, they were really pushing that. Yeah, Eric Taylor is the Shawn Michaels of this group. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I just, just be honest with me though. You don't. You, I wouldn't look at them as a as a tag team where one of them is going to go off on their own. I feel like they both can be on their own. You see, you'll see later. You know, Mikey in a in a scramble. He they when they both wear their own gear, you can't. You know, they they both are totally different talents, and it's it's kind of cool to watch. And, and that's why I won't compare them to to um uh you know I won't compare them to the Rockers. I won't do it. I don't think it's going to be a scenario like that, but it's definitely it was like it was interesting because Eric came out with the Duke. The Duke did not come back with Mikey, so I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. Duke got the shit kicked out of him here for like fifty minutes. Like why he didn't come back out with Mikey? He's, you got to sell just a little bit more. So you got to sell a tad bit more than that. <laughs> he had intermission. If you have, if you, hey, if you have an intermission, that's enough. Also, Mike, I want well, we'll get to it when we get to that match. But Mikey's shirt was very, I know it was a little on the nose because of what's going on with the, the stock and crypto shit. But It was a long pause after that, but I didn't really mean to have a follow up. It was just, it's how I talk. I thought we lost. I thought we lost Summers there for a minute. He just checked out. <laughs> I thought. I thought Marcy dropped that. I was like, "What the fuck?" I oh, that's, just, that's just me. I started looking at my stuff. Like, did I get disconnected? Like, what's I was going to say we should we should leave it in there so that when everyone's listening to the show, they're like, "Oh, did we lose him? Is it over?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Wes Barkley pinning Eric Taylor, and that actually means. For the first time that I can remember, Shane Douglas got a win in AIW. Good for him. And he didn't give us the entire speech afterwards. He gave us a little speech, but we didn't get the the entire Shane Douglas repertoire on the mic this time around. I mean, at this at this you point, as long I was going to say, as long as we got the cut the fucking music, I'm fine. I think I've heard that other speech every other time. That's what I'm saying. Thank goodness we didn't get that other speech. <laughs> All right. The, after that was intermission, and we came back to this one. The fatal four-way tag team match where the winners of the match would be the number one contenders for the AIW Tag Team Championships at APSO 15. We had Bulking Season versus the Fuckets versus the main event versus members only. My, my favorite thing about a matchup like this is you know, these are four teams that I like. While there was one team that I wanted to win more than the other team, like there was really nothing that was going to upset me with this. Like any result was going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was surprised. I was surprised. Um, I know it's bulking seasons. You know, bulking season is, is the most, I think out of all those, the four tag teams, bulking season has the most momentum in AIW. I do think the main event physically Every time I see the main event, I have to look at them like five times. I, when they come out, I'm like, there's no way they made two dudes in this world who are like Greek statues, you know, who are a tag team, who are just TV ready. I mean, that's every single time. And then, you know, members only could be one of the most endearing tag teams I've ever seen in my entire life. I just love both those dudes. And, and you know, it, it, it was, you know, and the fuckets are just, uh, every time they're in the ring, I expect Dudley boy style carnage, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I agree with you, Jayhawk there. It, anybody could have won that match and it would have been just as good at, at absolution. I think going into this match before it was ever announced, I thought 
basically what we was seeing was a fatal four way for the tag titles and just take out the fuckets and put in PME. Cause I felt like the other three teams had this reason throughout the past year or not even past year, but ever since PMEs become champions of why they got fucked out of their, their match. So they deserved another shot. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I just don't want to see, you know, selfishly, I don't want to see another scramble um, for a title. I think at absolution one-on-one matches should be the, the norm, you know, where you get your final, um, whoever that tag team is should be getting the final rub for absolution. I think the more members, the more teams you put into a match at absolution or a WrestleMania style, big show for a company, I think you kind of cheapen the match a little bit. That's just my opinion. It might not be right, but I think the more tag teams or the more talent, if you make it a four way for a world title, the more you mix into it, I think it kind of takes away from how prestigious a one-on-one matchup is with the champion. I actually kind of agree with you on that one. I've always felt like title matches should be one-on-one or take my tag title two-on-two, especially if you're going to do the multi-man or multi-team match where first pinfall wins. I hate mm-hmm. the fact that a champion can lose the title without being involved in the division. I, I hate, I've always kind of hated that. Right. What if you, what if you compromised on that and you made it an elimination match? Yeah, I was, I was about to say because they have had a history for some absolution matches that they are elimination. Yeah, elimination matching I can live with in that scenario. The champions don't have to get beat to lose the title in that case. The old ECW elimination style three-way dance type of stuff, yeah. But we don't have that for Absolution, so they they announced this match. So it's kind of cool, like, okay, one of the three teams that I thought could have easily been in a four-way match with PME, like, one of them had the potential of getting a shot, unless it was going to be the fuckets. And Well, I mean, you got to be... Yeah, I was... I mean... I'm super excited for, you know, how this match ended. I mean, we'll, we're going to get into it, but I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up for the, for the, it's almost like both teams have a similar style, a larger guy and then a smaller guy or, or a smaller, a larger guy who can do big man moves and a, and, and do light moves and things like that. I, I think both teams have similar styles um, that they can showcase. Any thoughts on this match as a whole? This felt like a good match to come back from the um, mm-hmm. come back from intermission with. It was like there was a lot of action. There's just it's what you want, like to get your get the crowd back into the show. I thought the scramble match is where we were going to come back because that's normally what happens. But thinking of the star power you have in that match and like two of the featured guests, yeah, that'll probably go on like right before the main event because just because of that reason alone. But yeah. And there's just like I said, there's some great stuff that fucking the pounce on Chuck Stone was just it was oh god, it's a whole lot of meat, whole lot of meat. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Stone versus uh, T Money for a little bit, like that was that was very fun to watch. His his facial expressions, I think, are the best out of everyone in the match. I've been watching Chuck now as as often as I can. The hair, like the mohawk flying, I feel like his. When his 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 fire up, you know, is really really good. Uh, if you ask me to stand out, who could be a singles comp competitor out of every one of those tag teams, I would say Chuck would be the guy. I would send him out into the world and and you know let him do his crazy backbreaker thing that he does and all that other stuff. So um, big Chuck Stone fan as well, Marcy. And Duke David can't come up. He got way up on a drop kick at one point. Really impressive for a dude that guy. 
it's kind of like what's been said. The main event is is like a TV ready team. They they just from the looks alone, they look like a dominant tag team. Um, and I'm just waiting for the point where some company picks them up. It's gotta happen. There, I, I have to assume they're on they're on radars. I can't believe Impact didn't want it. Didn't has yet to get grab them to have a match that to, just the visual of either the Good Brothers or the Briscoes against the main event. I mean, come on! Like, I am stunned that they haven't want to put them together yet. I think it's only a matter of time before TMA gets picked up by somebody. They're, they're too they're too good and too TV ready not to be. Agreed. Right now, I'm leaning towards it being Impact. Yeah. Like we we know AEW's heard of them because they've they've had a few matches there, but you know that can there's a lot of people that have had matches there. So hopefully somebody picks them up. But yeah, I think they 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 could they could do a lot more in Impact. Like granted, yeah, they could do a lot more too in AEW or even WWE. But I think they would shine more, and that would help them do actually more. Yep, that's that's you can just tell certain teams. Certain wrestlers, certain teams for the style of television that's being run. And you could just see like the, the main event, like an, it, just a, an instant fit into a uh, division like that. Any other thoughts on this match? Sounds like we're good. It was Arthur McArthur pinning Calvin G. Lewis, making bulking season the number one contenders for the AIW Tag Team Championships at Absolution 15. But after the match, PME comes out. Uh, Philly kind of causing a distraction while Marino attacks bulking season from behind. And it's just, you know, them beating him down handcuff mess and everything. Oh yes. The handcuff mess where we couldn't find the keys. Why does that always happen in wrestling? It happens in every company. It's not just a thing that happens on the Indies, even WWE. And I think AEW had trouble getting someone out of the cuffs once they put them in them. What is with wrestling and not figuring out how to use a handcuff key? And everybody thought Jim Cornette was creaky because he carried a handcuff key on him at all times. Someone carried one on him. Oh, it was uh, it was, JT. It was Jermaine. Yeah, Big JT. He had he was the one who had to come up with the key. It was so funny watching amazing him, yeah, watching him walk. I'm like, no, no, I got it. I got. It. We don't have to cut <laughs> it. I got a key. We're good. It's amazing. It's amazing when you think about it. Look at Steve guy fake. Like, what do you mean we don't have a fucking key? I would look at it also like, what do you, what do you mean? You got a fucking key. <laughs> nope. I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I'm going to be on my best behavior. All right, Marcia, let's talk about the bang bros. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't on the show. Unfortunately. Did you come up with any more, uh, perverted, uh, tag team names? No, I need to, I need to, I need to just like sit down and just have a whole list just available. If any, any new like team was out there, we're like, we want a really horny name. I think that's gonna be my specialty. That's how I'm gonna contribute to wrestling. See, see if they have that option on Fiverr for uh, you to name uh, wrestling tag teams. It's you know, it's I, it's I feel like that's my calling. All right, let's uh, move on to the next one. One called Manders versus Isaiah Broner. Hoo hoo! This match with everything I wanted to be in more. It's hot fight. Big meaty men smacking me. Yes, yes. Nick was fucking great. Nick was my Nick was my favorite match of the show because it was so simple and it was just perfect for what it needed to be. Oh god! And even like rewatching the show, everything came off so well on video too. I don't understand how grown men can take that kind of beating, like the slaps in the face and clotheslines, and just. I mean, 
this was like a strong style match to the T. This was, if you were a kid in the old days watching, you know, Stan Hansen, this is what it looked like. You know, Dr. Death and Stan Hansen in Japan and all those guys. These two dudes just, Broner's my favorite. One of the nicest people out of the ring and one of the nicest and one of the hardest hitters in the ring. Um, and Manders is back. And I like the fact that he's back. He's that underrated SGC member. Um, but my God, these guys just, I mean, those are two huge dudes taking a beating. Thoughts on the match, Marcy? Oh, yeah. This is like, this is what I was anticipating. And the one that said, even watching back on video, like, oh, oh, God, this is just like the hardest hitting match of the show. Like, just physically between each other. Like, I loved everything about this match. This is also my match of the night. You just take you just take some big, big meaty dudes and let them beat the shit out of each other. I'm gonna love it. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much all I I got on. I mean, it was exactly what I expected it to be. It was great seeing Manders back in AIW. Hopefully, it's more than just you know Gauntlet for the Goldenness. He's a dude that I like. I like seeing around, like talking to. Oh, same for sure. Like big, big fan of Manders. But I mean, Broner continuing his ascension and every single move that Broner throws comes with you just you it, it there is no doubt that you know that those moves are coming with bad intentions i mean some guys you watch and you, you don't know if they're you know they, their punches are weak or sloppy there's nothing broner does that doesn't look like high impact it is a pleasure to watch him in the ring oh that last that last larry he won the match with oh it's just a thing of beauty does that that scares me i can't even imagine if you're the guy in the back and you're like all right the finish is the clothesline you're just like holy shit this guy's gonna rip my head off my shoulders like how do you prepare for that just you know just just you gotta gotta take it just get out there and take it it. that's right (laughs) i don't think there's a way you prepare for that that's like telling uh an mma fighter how they how they right. prepare for their job of literally getting punched in the face. Right, right. I completely agree. I just, I'm stunned by it. And and he, and then outside the ring, he's just like a teddy bear. And so like, you know, the, the way he, it, it was great. I, it is top two in my match, matches for the night. Um, and every time Broner wrestles, it's must see for me. It was uh, Isaiah Broner pinning Manders for the win. But after the match, this kind of caught me off surprise. Uh, caught me off guard. Pretty Boy Smooth comes out, attacks Broner, beats him up, and then stands over him, puts his foot on Broner, grabs the mic, and just says, Isaiah Broner. Mocking Isaiah Broner for him the way he called out Eddie Kingston and Minoru Suzuki. So, I'm guessing this is like another Absolution match. This could be a Winchester, but this has got to be. It's got to be Absolution, and the the thing that I'm kind of waiting for Smooth to say that it's like Isaiah Broner like has taken opportunities from him. Yeah, yeah. Now that's cooking. That's a good. Uh, that's a good uh, uh, place to be for the for this feud. That that would absolutely make sense. Anything else on uh, the potential matchup? I'd like to. I'm just looking forward to where it's going to go. I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be like good for us. Like a nice, good establishing like victory for Broner because the last two calls like that he did he uh, unfortunately came on the losing side for both of them so I think with this with, and with PB Smooth I think he's going to come out on top and I think it's going to be like this is going to be the thing that sets him up but it's an exciting matchup it's oh, fresh yeah, sure. we haven't we haven't seen it there's a lot of matches on uh, unfortunately we've seen and uh and this one is one we have not seen anywhere so it makes, it makes it like so 
he's like doing the angle of, of PB smoothies taking my spots and stuff. Like PB is a former champion, so it's yeah, like I said, it's gonna be good all around. Yep. And PB work a different style than some of Broner Hurricane opponents too. So you have to see how good Broner is, how well he can adapt to having a different type of opponent. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the next one. A scramble match. Uncle Chase Barnett almost said Oliver, but that would that would have been definitely wrong. But Uncle Chase Barnett, Mikey Montgomery, Jack Evans, Bandito, M Dog Matt Cross, and unfortunately, Chase Oliver is injured. So replacing him was Derek Dillinger. This fortunately for us, Justin. Yeah, the, for the IWTV guide crew who loves Derek Dillinger, Summer of Dillinger. Summer of Dillinger, let's go. I feel bad for Jake Culver at this point, though. Every time he gains momentum, he gets hurt. Every time. This one I don't think could be nearly as bad to recover from, but still. Didn't I hear something about a shoulder? Shoulder or wrist? Something with an arm, I think, is what I heard. Uh, well, that's it's that's sad because he, yeah, he looks the part. He's the guy. You want to put him on a, like, you can put him on a poster. He's the guy with his look, and I feel bad for him. But, you know, not to one guy's, you know, disasters and other guy's opportunity. And uh, uh, if I, if you don't mind me saying, you know, Derek has won three singles matches in a row. So he had every right to be in there. He was not on the card prior to uh, the, the show coming out. So, you know, lucky for me, rolling in from New York, I got to see my man, Derek. Yeah, but look, another one that, that complete mad, completely mad chaos in a completely different way from some of the other matches that we've seen earlier. Um, these guys are all incredible athletes. Jack Evans doing just insane, insane shit, especially for somebody who's been around as long as he's been around. Last from the time, heavens. From the heavens. Still looking good, though. Yeah. The last time I called Jack Evans live before this show was back in 2005 at a Ring of Honor show in Dayton. He was in a four-way match, and Kamoa Joe threw a shoe at him at one point. He's the guy, right, like in all the videos, who takes those crazy, in the in the early 2000s, who, like, landed funky or fell crazy or... I think the next night he heard, the next night this weekend didn't he do a six thirty and land on his head? Yeah, I mean that dude is insane. He literally jumped off the balcony with a moonsault onto everybody in the crowd. As we were saying before, don't sit in the crowd because you're going to get jumped on somebody. Um, and I think at one point there was a great spot. Bandito pressed Derek Dillinger, and then Jack Evans jumped and did like a, a stomp onto Mikey, or was it the other way around? But that was insane. What does everybody think of uh, Uncle Chase? Love it. Love it. Yeah, it's hard not to like Uncle Chase. But can you guys give me some background on him? Because I have never heard of him until that Winchester show, and I don't understand the old man thing and the the cane and stuff. Where did he come from? Uh, He came from his mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. Um, When when a man and a woman love each other, (laughs) they... uh... I I didn't mean it like that. I mean... (laughs) Where where was old Uncle Chase uh, wrestling for the last uh, you know four or five years? I, I don't ever remember him, you know, in AIW until this year. So I'm I'm trying to find out is 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 this something that you guys have been waiting on? Like you saw him back in the old days of AIW. Where did he come from? This is this is one of those moments that if you just pull up CageMatch.net, it will tell you. I have I was not around uh, when Chase Uncle Chase was around. I think it was before. Uh, those f- four or five years, or maybe even like he had like some one-off or something. But I think he was even around even way before then. If I'm correct, I, the impression that I get from him, or what I've looked up that I'm vaguely remembering, 
is it seemed like he's wrestled a lot in Michigan and Michigan okay. Michigan is a it's its own vacuum like there are so is that many Mr. is that Mr. Chainsaw in Michigan that's one company that's in there I think okay. he does wrestle for them but it seems like a lot of wrestlers that that only wrestle in Michigan their names don't get out like we didn't hear about Broner until he got out of Michigan um I do have Uncle Chicken's cage match pulled up. It's been it's been mostly Michigan, a little bit of Indiana, yeah, you know, over the last three years or so. Looks like he was actually out of the business between twenty twelve and twenty nineteen. Yeah. Prior to making that debut at the Winchester back in January, he had not been in AIW since Absolution five. Wow. Which is a very long time ago. Twenty wow. believe it or not, according to his cage match, he's also thirty two. I mean, don't say that. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Because there's an old gentleman who walks down to the ring. I mean, Mar- in pleather shorts and suspenders. Marcy, I think you're you're on the wrong page. You, you, you might, get, I must be. That's my bad. If if, if he's 32, it's the Jack Benny 32, where he's not admitting he's any older than that. Yeah, Maybe, this is an older gentleman, Marcy. What well, head can? Maybe wrestling just aged him so much that like. Technically, he's been here for 32 years, but physically, his body's at like 65 or 70. <laughs> I hear, I hear, wrestling can do that to you. You know, <laughs> wrestling and being the president of the United States—two things that age you very quickly. See, I don't know if becoming a president ages you, or just whenever you're running for office, they make you look so much younger. <laughs> to when you become president, they're like, "All right, we don't got to worry about this shit anymore." Oh, they stop dyeing your hair and everything, and they let you go because you don't have to look good anymore. I, I get sw- it. I swear, because I've had the same same thought. I'm like. Does the office make you get old or do they just put a lot of presentation into that election season? And then once you're in, they're like, nah, we don't we don't got to do that shit anymore. <laughs> Could be a little of both. But yeah, I I, um, I I would say that he does some incredibly creative moves and it's it's been fun to watch him. Um, but I think this match really showcased once Derek got in, forget it, like. Bandito, Jack Evans, Derek, he went right after those two dudes. Um, you know, that director's chair from the top rope on Mikey was, I love that move. You can, you can do a bubble bomb or director's chair, whatever Derek calls it, over and over again, sit out, you know, bomb. It's a great move. It's a good finish. Um, and, you know, Derek's lost some really big matches this year in the last, um, you know, not in the last calendar year, but the last, like, school year wrestling cycle where – he lost the Biggins tournament, um, but he was in the finals. You know, he lost another match last summer. Um, so I, I really think this is where Summer of Derek, as we just joked about, but I think this is really his turn. He's won so many matches now. I, I, God, I wish one day they would get those titles separated and, and just make him the intense champ. He, he's the guy. He for sure is. Also, did I kind of talked about this earlier. Did anyone notice what Mikey's shirt said? Yes, I have the picture in front of uh, me of the entrance. Fuck Bitcoin. Go with their rough one. They might have to rebrand. <laughs> that would be great if the Duke becomes like like uh, Sad Corbin. They make him like <laughs> Sad Duke. <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. Plot twist. He's always Sad Duke. <laughs> grumpy Duke. He might not always be sad, but he sure is grumpy. They become like the Dogecoin boys. I mean, every crypto's down, so you can't really switch to another one because it's just a lateral move. <laughs> yes, forget it. They should just be. It should just be Sad so, Duke and the and you know 
We'll figure out something for the Bitcoin boys. <laughs> and the boy. Sad Duke and the boys. And the boys. <laughs> and the boys. <laughs> sad Duke and the similarly sad boys. <laughs> like a 1950s rock band. I like it. Sad Very Duke. Punk. Sad Duke and Sad Conf. Wait a minute, shit. What? What? No, that's not right. <laughs> uh, any else on uh, this crazy match? No. Once, just what? I was going to say, just once again, that balcony, like Moonsault was. Especially on video, it just looks so gorgeous. Well, you and I were standing next to each other. Oh, when that it was happened. wild! I was yeah, like, <laughs> that was nuts. I threw up my phone just to get it, just in time. That was nuts. I went just after Butter broke a chair, but I missed it trying to make sure he was okay. Yeah, it's it's not that you were standing next to Marcy; she was standing over you. Marcy had a better view than I did, though. Yes, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> You should have gotten on my shoulders. I mean, Marcy, <laughs> I, I'm almost 6'2", and you you had a good, I'm almost 6'2", you had a good two inches on me looking over that crowd. Every inch counts, you know? That's right. I'm just picturing Josh on your shoulders <laughs> watching the show like a kid watching a parade. <laughs> That's what I want for absolution. I'll do my best. <laughs> or, whenever, or whenever he comes squatting. back. That's right, Marcy, we got to start squatting. We got to, uh, well, I'll start getting myself ready. That's just, you gotta get me some sort of like cybernetic implants or something because I I am not gonna be ready in time. <laughs> I can a hundred percent tell you that's not gonna happen. We have the money. We can fix her. We <laughs> we can rebuild. Marcy, <laughs> I promise we'll get those your legs going. I'll, I'll send you the the workout regimen to get the squats going. You'll have me on your shoulders in no time. All right. <laughs> that was uh, Derek Dillinger pinning Mikey for the win. There was one benefit of being where we were. Ed popped up in this area, and watching him watch Mikey wrestle is pretty entertaining. It's it's almost as entertaining as watching Big Twan watch a wrestling match. He loves him. Oh. Ed loves watching Mikey wrestle. Loves it. And then I, I literally watch his reaction when when Derek won, and it's literally like, yeah, that, that sad boy energy. It's like, hmm, it's not walking away. Yeah, he walked. He walked past me at the end, and he just goes, "He goes, wrestling sucks." He just walks away. Trying <laughs> to give him, give him a, a compassionate pat on the back. Right. Uh, go on with yourself. <laughs> uh, first CM Punk. Now this. All right. Let's let's move on to the main event. Joshua Bishop versus the hand-picked opponents of Matt Cardona. Uh, plot twist: Cardona had picked two opponents for Joshua Bishop. First was Matt Justice, which most of us were expecting, especially because Fonzie was on the flyer for the after party, and you're going to have Fonzie, you're going to have Justice. So who who was this third person going to be? The funny thing is, is by me, there was a guy on stage, front row, and he pulled out his phone and put the flashlight on because he thought it was going to be Manders. Not Manders, Manser. Manser. Yeah. Uh -huh. So like he was like getting so excited about it and I'm I'm like, no, I don't I don't think it is. Then the music starts to hit and it takes him a little while for him to click that that's not Mance's music, but it's the bad boy Joey Janela, which I'm not a huge Joey fan, but to me that that was a main event surprise. And Absolutely. I, I was happy. I have never seen Joey Janela in live, wrestle live. So I was super pumped about it. And I knew it was going to be, it was just going to be nuts. You just had to know right away. And, we, and he looks good, by the way. He looks really good. We had a nice 
uh, awkward pause before his music hits, then a, a nice awkward pause of him just standing there on the uh, on the entrance ramp, just uh, taking it all in. Yeah, this this was everything it should have been. You well, well, you tell me. You tell me. Didn't it feel like they were very angry with each other? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you you have it to where there is that rivalry with Matt and Josh. I mean, that goes back to literally. It goes back to uh, the cat piss show, <laughs> and <laughs> of how they've they've had titles go back and forth. Obviously, there was the balcony spot and all that. So yeah, like you're going to have that with them too. And especially it was a year ago when Matt, like after he lost, he was like, all right, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to challenge for that title for a while, which granted this isn't him challenging for that title. But since Josh has been mixed up with a lot of that, justice hasn't crossed paths with him. And I feel with, with Joey, you know, he only held one title in AIW and that was uh, the intense title. And I, I can't remember if he ever cashed in his gauntlet for the gold. I want to say no, but I could be wrong. But nonetheless. I I mean, every chair shot in this match, every table shot in this match, every high impact move onto the, the, I mean, they did spots with the barricades. Everything looked like it had bad intentions on it. And there were every chair shot. And I was standing next to Kaplan and Chuck Stone. Every time one of them swung that that unprotected chair shot. Kaplan's like, I don't ever want to take those. And Chuck said, I want to live longer than you know the next two years. He was like, those look brutal. The the one that that Bishop did towards the end where he hit Bishop uh, hit Justice and the chair kind of went over his face and broke his nose. I mean, that was that was insane. Everything that came out of this match was brutal. It, that's all, the only word I could use. And at one point, I was like, I'm getting like. I was getting kind of queasy watching them hit each other so much. Yeah, anytime, especially with Matt Jeff taking unprotected chair shots, just scaring the hell out of me at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think Matthew, I don't think Matthew Jeff did want to protect him. Called much, yeah. I'm sure he knows how to. I don't think he wants to. I don't think I've ever seen him put a handcuff on a chair shot. I, I'm not sure why. I, I don't know. Like I like I like the guy as a person. I don't want to see him, you know, have his brain be like tapioca pudding at one point. Like it's just so many. There were so many shots. And they were bleeding all over the place. I mean, it, the, there was parts where they were over at the bar and Bishop was swinging and Janela was recovering. And then Bishop was taking a beating. Him and Janela and, and Justice powerbomb Bishop over the top rope onto that barricade. I mean, everything had bad intentions on it and everything looked like it hurt like hell. Yeah, I got, I got nothing, nothing else on this match. Just... <laughs> it's... There was a lot of chair shots. There's at one point the whole um, one side of the uh, I don't know if you could see if anyone saw it live, but rewatching it, like the whole side of the crowd just threw all their chairs on. Oh, that's when they yeah. did that. Severe, like the I forget who had who up for a DVD or like a, on their shoulders, and they got speared through them. It's like yeah, that's that's that looks like you're just gonna land awkwardly no matter where you are. I I remember thinking during that part, thrift store jobber is somewhere just being so pissed off because when he threw one chair, he got kicked out of the show and here's like all these other people like throwing chairs and nothing's fucking happening. Literally. Uh, and Jayhawk can like account for this when like people started throwing, I was like, stop it. Yeah. 
you, uh, you, you and I both, especially if you go for the building chair, we don't want to lose the fucking building because you're freaking the goddamn plastic chair. Charlie already broke one. <laughs> yeah, and Steve Guy would pitch like, what did you do? <laughs> I got down. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I, I will say I'm glad, I'm glad nobody gave Joey Janela a lighter during this match. Yeah. He got that big-ass ladder, though. Oh. Which they didn't do too much <laughs> It was so unnecessarily large, though. Okay. Yeah. The, the image of Justin going in the back and all you see at the top of that ladder behind <laughs> yeah. the entryway <laughs> moving, for, moving toward the entrance. I get so high up when Joey did his big elbow drop. He didn't even go to the top because you just, you couldn't. No, he actually stepped down a level. He was like, well, even this is too high. No, he stepped down like three or four levels. <laughs> <laughs> and that might be the first time somebody can actually come close to hitting the ceiling at the Odeon. He was up there, man. He was up in God's country. Almost uh, reliving the days of the ladder match of him versus Donst, which was pretty fucking great. I mean, everything about it was, you know, next level. It was just they, these guys had just bad, bad intentions on it. Oh, you know what? I forgot. If I'm correct, Justice is the one that beat Janela for the intense title. Was it Janela? Yeah, I'm I'm. It's- fairly sure because i this is what i remember saying about joey janela's intense title run as a whole i didn't like it but the match that he won it and the match that he lost it were both really good and he beat donst and no, no he beat that he beat alex daniel and donst beat him for it okay then i am wrong hold on i'm pulling up the official i have i'm on the official list of I'm on, uh-huh. I'm on cage match right now. That's how I got it. Then who beat Donst? Was that Justice? Justice beat Donst. Okay. Then that was a good... Or maybe I was thinking Donst's run was the one that... I don't know. I, like I said earlier, a lot of these shows just blur together. <laughs> Nonetheless, well, this, this main event was... This is how you end the rap show. It has to be some sort of violence like this. Well, there was a there was an ending after that that we had... Um, well, we haven't De- we haven't even got to the part of where Joshua Bishop pins Matt Justice for the win. Right, right, right. And then you, you want to you want to say Jiggle? <laughs> and then Derek Dillinger came out with a barbed wire wrapped clapboard and beat up old Josh Bishop. Who knows where we're going with that? That's that's gonna that's we're gonna get something at Absolution, I think. And I think that's the most logical. Um, where you can go without Cardona is that you have the two guys who are the most over, who are the hottest, and you have them tear each other apart for those titles, if you ask me. I'm just waiting for the official announcement from AIW President Jack Tunney on right. uh, I am, what's going to happen. <laughs> I am fantasy booking how I want this to run, but uh, I mean, the barbed wire clapboard's got to be something, doesn't it? It's got to mean something. Could just be because it was the rap show. He put barbed wire on a clapboard, and it probably doesn't mean anything. Okay, I'd like I'd like to think we're thinking long term booking, Jayhawk. <laughs> I mean, could mean hardcore tournament. Could mean rager. Oh right, right. The Fonzie hardcore tournament. That's correct. Yeah. Huh. Well, either way, that's a cool way to end the show. Um, Agreed. Every was- yeah, everybody was bleeding. Everybody was taking a beating. And I kept telling Marcy, I'm like, I can't watch them hit each other in the head with chairs anymore. All right. Even though we're doing a lot of my format, uh, I guess uh, for the IWTV guy crowd, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. 
Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up for Bishop. Yeah. Uh, across the board. Helps that we were there, yeah. too. It yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I haven't heard anybody who watched the video not get a, a thumbs up show either, but. Yeah. yeah even, on, even on rewatch, it was an enjoyable watch. And I was more than I was. I was over the moon being able to hang out and watch it with all you guys. So I appreciate that. I mean, as a whole, I don't feel like AIW really has any thumbs down shows, it's especially when they're in this groove. Like when we were doing some of the pandemic shows, you know, maybe there were there's some some thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. I think for most of them, it was at least a thumbs in the middle. But we're building stories. Every we're getting back to that 2019 AIW, so there's stuff that like you're looking forward to coming up with storylines. You get surprised with something that's coming up with storylines to where these are starting to fit more together like a puzzle, rather than you have a few things that are fitting together with puzzle pieces and the rest are just kind of there. Uh, and I think that's what separates AIW too from other indie companies is that they have a continuity that goes on and. You know, you're guaranteed if you're following along, you're going to get a payoff. So, you know, that that's why their shows, most of their shows are in the middle or up because you're getting storytelling and you're getting matches as opposed to some indie shows that we watch that we only get matches, you know, and there's not a whole lot of storytelling. So, um, yeah, but this one, especially, I think just the style, people love a good hardcore match and and definitely a thumbs up uh, across the board. All right. Uh kind of wrap it up for all of us throw everybody throw out their plugs for me you can find me at j summers 330 on tiktok twitter and instagram you can find the show on facebook twitter and instagram at wrestling cheers thanks summers this was fun glad we got our our crossover episode and we are the avengers of ohio podcasting you you need to get in your plugs too guys because this is going on my episode too remember Uh aha oh you can you can get me at jgold12 on twitter I'll go first, Jayhawk. I got I got plenty, so Okay. Uh you can find me on Twitter at ref Jayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, every once in a while on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ref Jayhawk. And this coming Saturday, I'll be re- uh managing at Rubber Kitty Wrestling at the Akron Turner Club in Talmadge, Ohio. I'm sorry. Hey, I they, they, pay, <laughs> they, they, they pay me, so Okay, Marcy, go. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at eGirlFemboy, boy spelled B-O-I. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash eGirlFemboy. Listen to me on my other podcast, X Over. I just talked about The Legend of Chun-Li. That movie fucking sucks. It's so bad. It's one of the worst <laughs> movies I've seen. Please watch it so my suffering isn't in vain. I should say listen to it. Don't watch the movie. Just listen to me talk about how bad the movie is. And hey, it's still Pride, so give an LGBTQ person money, like me. You hit me up on the Cash App, dollar sign Mars Femeline, M-A-R-C-E-F-E-M-I-L-I-N-E, or hit me up on Venmo, E-Girl Femboy, boy spelled V-O-I. All right, and uh, back to your respected uh, host or hosts to wrap up whatever show you're listening to. Peace out. Bye. Later. And there you have it. The review of AAW's Gangster Rap made me do it. Let's close out this show. Somewhat like I mentioned already before, you can find myself at jsummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com 
slash wrestling cheers email. If you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And again, we don't have a merch store anywhere. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe your Evelyn's Fine Podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Check out our friends on the trending topics network, such as All Beer Inside, the Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Game Marks Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, If You Catch My Grift, At Odds with Wrestling, Marks with Mics, X Over, This Ends at Prom and Porch Talk, and check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Heart of Gold, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designers of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And I'm a bad, bad boy. Later. It's the wrestling cheers. Get up on your feet. Praying in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back, other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp Like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close The number one podcast going in the game And one day everybody's gonna know the name It's the Wrestling Cheers This is Platinum Max, signing off Ohio, good night The world, good night We love you, we'll see you next week